0: Welcome back to the Earn That Body Podcast. I'm excited to have you here. We have a great episode ahead, and I hope that you are enjoying the first part of your summer and that all is going great. Don't forget that if you feel like you're already slipping back to old ways, letting those sugar treats slip in daily, cocktails daily, and you're already seeing that weight go up, or you're just feeling kind of blah and you don't want to end summer that way, definitely check out some of the Earn That Body programs. I do have a few spots left for the end of June if you're looking for fitness and nutrition, or if you simply want a workout program to get you through the summer with some accountability. We have the Willpower program. We have the Run Power program, Earn That Muscle. So many great programs that are just going to tell you what to do daily, and sometimes that is half the battle that you just need someone to tell you what to do so that you don't have to figure it out and then just push that workout aside and maybe it doesn't happen at all right so don't ever uh, hesitate reach out to kim at earnthatbody.com or check out the website earnthatbody.com for all of the program options as well now today we are going to talk about hot tea, which is kind of funny because it's summertime and hot tea is definitely something for the winter, but I have to tell you, I live in Austin, Texas, and I cannot believe how much rain we have had over the last few weeks. So while I'm sitting here recording this podcast for you, I'm sitting with my hot cup of tea as it's pouring rain outside for like the 10th day in a row. I am definitely over it. Um... And I thought it was a great opportunity because so many people drink tea to tell you a little bit more about it. Is it good for you? Should you have it daily? What is herbal tea? What are the best herbal teas for you? Um, And then someone even had asked in the Ask Me Anything um, segment a few weeks ago, they asked about valerian roots. So we're going to talk about that too. All of that after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from Idea Fitness Journal, there was an article about the three pillars of mental health, and they say that sleep is the leading predictor of well-being in young adults. Eat your fruits and vegetables, exercise, and get a good night's sleep. It sounds like advice from your mother, right? Or maybe from your doctor. But recent research findings identify these three healthy behaviors as predictive of good mental health and well-being amongst young adults. Now, the University of Otago researchers in New Zealand conducted the cross-sectional survey study among over 1,000 male and female adults ages 18 to 25. Participants completed an online survey reporting diet, sleep, physical activity, and other relevant information, as well as depressive symptoms and feelings of well-being. The data analysis showed that sleep quality was the strongest predictor of well being, followed by sleep quantity and physical activity. Consumption of raw fruits and vegetables was the only dietary factor predictive of greater well being as well. So, always important. I talk about this, I preach it all the time. I tell people sleep, nutrition, and exercise. Those are probably the three most important pillars of your overall health in general. But sleep is definitely the number one. And so this article is just basically. Agreeing with that, the research is constantly showing that sleep benefits well-being. Now, if you've missed any of my podcasts on sleep, there, we did one, uh, number 90, How to Increase Sleep for Better Weight Loss. And then number 220, that episode was 10 Reasons Your Sleep Sucks. And I highly recommend you check those out if you are someone who struggles with your sleep, because honestly, not only will sleep impact your weight loss, but sleep will impact everything in your body. It will impact your immune system. So you might be getting sick all the time. Who likes to be tired all the time? If you're not getting enough sleep, there's no way you're feeling awesome and energetic all through the day. And it also impacts a lot of the food cravings that you have. So... Take sleep seriously, all right? Everybody, I always tell clients, I know we sometimes we like to stay up late, but we have to get up early, but there are some things that you absolutely need, and sleep is probably the number one. Now, let's get back to it. Hot tea isn't good for you. A lot of my information that I researched today came from WebMD, also Healthline, um, and some definite information from my background in Eastern medicine and my graduate degree, uh, because in Eastern medicine, all of the... Uh, prescriptions that we would give were herbal prescriptions where we would have our clients, our patients make hot tea from herbs. And that is what we use. We didn't use medication or any kind of prescription like that, but rather we used herbal teas based on um, very powerful herbs that you could get. So we're going to talk a little bit about all of that today and sort of the benefits or if there are any, uh, I would guess you would call it a con to drinking too much tea as well. So whether you're a tea drinker or not, I think that you will definitely benefit from the information in this week's podcast episode. Now, what are the potential health benefits of hot tea? Well, some say that the temperature of your tea does not influence how it affects your health, but that apparently is not supported by research because in particular that mental health has shown, some mental health studies, that the hot beverages do in fact benefit mental health. Now, apparently the concept of psychological warmth refers to feeling positively and trusting towards another person. That's what they say. And when you trust a person has good intentions towards you, that feeling can be interpreted as warmth. So in one study where participants were asked to hold a hot or cold cup of coffee briefly before rating a stranger on their apparent warmth, the temperature of the beverage had an effect on their perception. And those who had briefly held that warm cup of coffee tended to rate the stranger as significantly more trustworthy. So that's sort of an interesting, little bit. I'm not sure that that's going to benefit your health, but it's just sort of an interesting thing that the temperature of the tea does in fact influence the mental side of things, or it can. Now, what about weight management? Research into hot tea consumption has found it may be beneficial for weight management and that individuals who regularly drank hot tea had both a lower waist circumference and body mass index. Now, what are the risks of hot tea? And are there any risks? Because it's generally you would think that they wouldn't, right? But unfortunately, there has been some research that indicated that at least one serious hot tea health risk is out there. And it's specifically linked to esophageal cancer unfortunately. Now, a study with more than 50,000 participants in Iran showed that people who drank two to three mugs of scalding black tea a day were twice as likely to develop esophageal cancer. Those most at risk were those drinking their tea at or above 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my God, I cannot imagine (laughs) drinking anything that hot! and they had two to three mugs of that a day, I could definitely see where that could impact your body as it's just a little bit extreme. Now tea has to be drunk almost immediately after being removed from a heat source in order for it to be consumed at that 140 degrees super hot temperature. So to avoid scalding your mouth and your throat, it is recommended that you let your tea cool for a few minutes before taking even a little tiny sip. And if you like to add milk to your tea, that would also help lower the temperature of the drink. Now, healthier alternatives for those of you who are concerned, with the potential health risks of hot tea, or those who simply don't like it, well, there's good news for you because they say that steeping tea in cold water has been shown to provide the same antioxidant and the same nutritional benefits in most cases. The exception to this would be white tea. White tea has been shown to actually have increased antioxidant properties when steeped in cold water instead of hot. So if you prefer to drink cold tea, consider a white tea to boost the health benefits as you sip so that's it in terms of the benefits the pros the cons You know, for many people, it's hard to even imagine their day without a cup of tea. Isn't that funny? Like some people, tea is their coffee. So right now my coffee drinkers are like, no way, I'm never switching from coffee to tea. But for some people, they drink tea every day, not coffee, which is another reason I really wanted to do this podcast because I did an entire podcast on coffee. I've done one on caffeine, but we hadn't actually done one on tea and Tea is actually the second most consumed beverage in the entire world. And guess what? That is beaten only by water. So uh, while tea can be enjoyed both hot and cold, the hot tea definitely has a reputation for being the very comforting drink that so many people like. Now, let's get into like sort of the nitty-gritty of tea True tea comes from what is called Camellia sinensis plant, and there are many regional varieties of that species all across the world. Now, the general categories of true tea would be your black tea, green tea, white tea, oolong tea, and pure. I don't even know how to say it. It's P-U-E-R-H. I should have looked that up. I don't know how to say it. I've never had it. I haven't actually heard of it, but that's one of, <laughs> that's one of the categories of true tea. Now, when most people think of teas, they also think of herbal teas. I would say herbal teas have come a long way in the last 10 plus years. So many people are drinking herbal teas, and there are countless types of herbal teas around the world. Some of the most popular you've probably heard of before. We have chamomile hibiscus, peppermint, and even, how do they say it, rooibos. That's how it's pronounced, rooibos tea. It's spelled R-O-O-I-B-O-S, and it's pronounced rooibos tea. Another one I actually have not tried. Now, the type of tea that you are drinking will definitely have a unique health benefit or potentially the risk, as we said, making it worthwhile to look into which variety that you are choosing. So always look at which variety you're choosing and maybe what kind of benefit you are looking for. But what about hot tea in general? Are there the benefits? Are there the risks? Those are what we just talked about. Um, There's definitely a lot of benefits to tea, a lot of the herbal teas as well have a ton of benefits, and yet the science is still not 100% there on a lot of them. In terms of nutrition, while it would be tough to summarize the nutrition of every single type of tea out there on the market, there are definitely a few general trends that we can talk about. First and foremost, tea is an ultra diluted version of whatever ingredient it is that you are steeping. And if you're making maybe, say, a lavender tea, the beverage will certainly smell and mildly taste like lavender. However, such a small fraction of the lavender's nutritional characteristics will actually be found in the drink that you're having. So say an 8-fluid-ounce mug of most types of tea They're going to contain close to zero calories, zero protein, zero fat, zero carbs, and zero fiber. And similarly, the vitamins and minerals present will be in a very small concentration and will vary according to the type of tea that you are consuming. Now, one important thing to consider is the addition of sweeteners or milk, and this would be just like the things you're adding to your coffee. These additions may be added to the tea by the manufacturer, depending on how you're buying it. It might come in a, a bottle with these things already included or by the consumer, and any, add ingre- any added ingredients are definitely going to alter the nutrition content of your drink. Now the herbal teas, as I said, have become so popular over the years, and despite their name, herbal teas are not true teas. That's what they say. It's not considered a true tea unless it's that green tea, the black tea, the oolong tea. Those are all brewed from that species, the Camellia sinensis plant. The herbal teas, however, are made from things like dried fruits, dried flowers, spices, and even herbs. And that means that herbal teas can come in a wide range of tastes, so many different flavors, and it definitely makes them uh, more tempting, I would say, than sugary beverages out there. A lot of people are loving all the different types of herbal teas available. Now, in addition to the herbal teas being super yummy (laughs) in some very light essence way, because again, it's like this, it's like you taste the essence of it. It's not like some strong flavor in most of these herbal teas. There definitely are some health promoting properties. And in fact, herbal teas have been used as a natural remedy for a variety of ailments for hundreds of years. And interestingly, modern science has begun to find evidence supporting some of the traditional uses of herbal teas as well as some of the new ones and this is what I had um, sort of mentioned earlier is that in my graduate school I studied Chinese uh, medicine and we always treated our patients with Chinese herbs that were made into teas so we don't we never would prescribe any medication to our uh, clients and our patients but we would give them herbal remedies. And it was really beautiful. And it was a really, um, definitely a favorite part of my studies was studying. We would studied hundreds of herbs. The textbooks were enormous. Our boards had crazy questions about all these different plant-based flowers and herbs that we would make into these tea concoctions that had all kinds of health benefits. And so that is my background, and I truly believe that so much can be done with these amazing herbs out there, and I will always go to an herbal remedy if I need to over a medication if I need to um, before I resort to medication. Not to say you should go off your medication. Not to say that medication is bad, but there's a lot of herbal remedies out there that can work. Now, that being said, I hesitate to even say that because what I don't want you to do is run to the Whole Foods and talk to them about all the different supplements you can buy because... That's actually a little different than what I'm talking about. We used to give our clients literally the raw form of the herbs to steep into a tea, not by some man-made processed supplement. All right. So a little bit different, um, but something to think about. And if you wanted to try something like that, you should seek out an acupuncturist in your area that specializes in these kind of herbal remedies. Uh, to see if there's something that you can get. Because you can also personalize the formula for each individual patient based on what they had going on, which is another thing that I really loved about Eastern medicine so much because everybody who has a stomach problem should not get the same medication because they might have that stomach problem for different reasons. And so in Eastern medicine, we like to treat the root of the problem, not the problem. Um, but that's a totally different, uh, podcast in itself. All right. Now back to the more general sense of herbal teas, 10 of the healthiest herbal teas out there right now. The first would be chamomile tea. Chamomile tea is most commonly known for its calming effects, and it is frequently used as a sleep aid. Two studies have examined the effects of chamomile tea or even the extract on sleep problems in humans. In one study, 80 postpartum women experiencing sleep issues, drinking chamomile tea for two weeks led to improved sleep quality and fewer symptoms of depression. And another study in 34 patients with insomnia found marginal improvements in waking up during the night time to falling asleep and daytime functioning after taking chamomile extract twice a day. Chamomile, again, is generally known for that calming effect. I absolutely love chamomile tea. I'm actually trying to grow chamomile in my garden right now so that I can try the most pure form of chamomile, organic, right from my garden. I have to say I am struggling <laughs> to get very much of it growing, and yet everybody else shows these gorgeous pictures of all their chamomile. Maybe it's our temperatures or our humidity, but so far, no no major luck, but I will keep you posted. The number two, one of the most popular herbal teas, you've probably had it, is peppermint tea. And peppermint tea is one of the most commonly used herbal teas in the entire world. And it is most popularly used to support digestive tract health. It also has antioxidant, anti-cancer, antibacterial, and antiviral properties. Number three would be ginger tea. Ginger tea is a bit of a spicy tea. It's got more of a hot quality, we would say. And it's very flavorful. It sort of packs a punch. It is very healthy. It has disease-fighting antioxidants. It helps fight inflammation. It stimulates the immune system. But it is definitely the most well-known for being an effective remedy for nausea. So ginger, we would always add that in our formulas for our patients for stomach issues. In general, it is wonderful if your stomach is sort of having that nausea feeling you might want to have a little ginger tea. Now hibiscus tea, number four, is made from colorful flowers from the hibiscus plant has sort of a pink-red color, and it is definitely refreshing. A little bit on the tart side, a lot of people like it hot, but this is one that is definitely delicious cold as well. And in addition to its bold color and flavor, it definitely has its own healthful properties. So an example would be that it has antiviral properties. Uh, Test tube studies have shown its extract to be highly effective against strains of the bird flu, which is very interesting, but no evidence has shown that drinking hibiscus tea could help you fight off regular viruses like the flu, just so you know. Um, It may help lower blood pressure and fight oxidative stress. However, it should not be taken with certain diuretic medications uh, or at the same time as aspirin sort of important that they talk about that because people often think that herbal teas oh they're they're so white the amount you're going to get it's not going to impact anything but an herb is sort of the basis of a lot of medications, and they can, in fact, be a little strong. So if you are taking medications, it's always good to definitely check out any herbal tea contraindications. And so hibiscus would definitely be one in that sense that you would want to be cautious of. Now, Echinacea tea is number five, and it is an extremely popular remedy that's said to prevent and shorten the common cold. You've probably heard that, maybe you've had it for the common cold. Evidence has shown that Echinacea may help boost the immune system, which could help the body fight off viruses or infections. And many studies have found that Echinacea can shorten the duration of the common cold, lessen the severity of its symptoms, or potentially prevent it. Okay, so echinacea, that's another one I'm trying to grow in the garden right now. I'll let you know how it goes. (laughs) Um, Number six is that rooibos tea, and that's spelled R-O-O-I-B-O-S. That's definitely the most interesting spelling for something pronounced rooibos. It is an herbal tea that comes from South Africa, and it's made from the leaves of the rooibos or the red bush plant. Now South Africans have historically used it for medicinal purposes, but there is very little scientific research on the topic. Now, nevertheless, a few animal and human studies have been conducted and so far studies have failed to show that it is effective for allergies and kidney stones. However, one study has shown that rooibos tea may benefit bone health. One test tube study suggests that rooibos tea along with green and black tea might stimulate the cells involved in bone growth and density. And the same study found that teas also lowered markers of inflammation and cell toxicity. The researchers suggested that this might be why drinking tea is associated with higher bone density. So things to think about. If you're interested in trying the Roybo's tea, as I had said, I've never tried it. I think the next time I see it, I definitely will pick it up. Number seven is sage tea, and it is well known for medicinal properties, and scientific research has begun to support a few of these benefits, these health benefits, especially for brain health. A number of test tube animal and human studies have shown that sage is beneficial for cognitive function, as well as potentially effective against the effects of plaques involved in Alzheimer's disease. And in fact, two studies on oral sage drops or sage oil found improvements in the cognitive function of those with Alzheimer's disease although the studies definitely did have its limitations. Moreover, sage appears to provide cognitive benefits for healthy adults as well. The eighth herbal tea is lemon balm tea, another one I'm trying desperately to grow in my garden. Now, lemon balm tea, it sort of has a light lemony flavor, and it seems to have health-promoting properties. In a small study in 28 people, which by the way, 28 people is a very small study, who drank either barely tea or lemon balm tea for six weeks, the lemon balm tea group had improved elasticity of the arteries. Arterial stiffness is considered a risk factor for heart disease, stroke, and mental decline. And in the same study, those who drank lemon balm tea also had increased skin elasticity, which typically tends to decline with age. However, they said this study was of poor quality. Probably the biggest issue is that 28 people is not enough to truly say that it is having all of these benefits. Um, Preliminary studies have found that lemon balm tea may improve antioxidant levels, harden skin health, and even aid in relieving anxiety. But again, some of these studies I would not consider true hard science quite yet. But I will say this. I have grown lemon balm in my garden. I made tea with it last year, and it is a really nice sort of light, refreshing tea. Um, I struggle to grow it from seed. When I say that I haven't been able to grow it, I cannot grow it from seed. I don't know if it has something to do with our humidity and heat, but I have bought the organic transplants and put them in the garden and those seem to do better. So if you're a gardener, there are some of these that you can make your own and and it's so exciting to sort of make your own fresh organic tea. Now, the ninth herbal tea that is super popular is rosehip tea. And rosehip tea is made from the fruit of the rose plant. It's high in vitamin C and beneficial plant compounds. And these plant compounds, in addition to certain fats found in rose hips, result in anti-inflammatory properties. Several studies have looked into the ability of rosehip powder to reduce inflammation in people with rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis Rose hip tea in general high in vitamin c high in antioxidants it's an anti-inflammatory um, so it does help reduce inflammation and pain with the arthritis so something to think about if that's something you suffer from maybe you can enjoy some rose hip tea each day studies have also found that it affects uh, at fighting aging of the skin and reducing stomach fat That I would definitely like to see the actual research on (laughs) because again, some of these research um, things that they do are just based on such a small amount of people that they can't really justify it. So I'm not really sure I'd be drinking it to reduce stomach fat if that were the case and that was an actual research that has been proven. I could pretty much assure you none of us would have stomach fat because we would just be drinking (laughs) rosehip tea all day. (laughs) Now, the last one is passion flower tea and the leaves and the stems and the flowers of passion flower plant are used to make the passion flower tea. It is traditionally used to relieve anxiety and improve sleep and studies have begun to support these uses. So so many great herbal teas. Generally again these herbal teas are really light. The amounts of what's in them is very small. So generally there there are no There's generally nothing you have to worry about, but like that 1T, it can sometimes conjure into contraindicate medication so if you're someone who takes medication it sort of doesn't matter what you're taking whether it's a supplement or an herbal tea you just want to make sure that any of your medications would not counteract with something that you might think is so basic like an herbal tea oh it's nothing would ever happen but sometimes it can and so that's just something when you're taking medication that you have to take ownership of for yourself don't expect someone else to do that research for you Teaching you now that you should go and you should make sure that certain medications wouldn't interfere with some kind of tea. Now, valerian root is something that someone brought up. They wanted me to, to sort of talk about it. Should you have it? Are there benefits? Is it true? Valerian root, um, its scientific name, just so you know, is Valeriana officinalis, and it is an herbal remedy that has roots from ancient Greece. The valerian plant features pink or white flowers and it's native to Europe and Asia, but definitely grows now in North America as well. There are many forms available of this medicinal herb. They make it in tinctures, they have it in pills, and they do have it in teas. Now, probably the one thing, if you have take valerian root or you've heard of it, that they talk about the most for its benefit is for sleep health. The herbal medicine practitioners have prescribed valerian root for insomnia, trouble sleeping um, in general for centuries. And even modern scientific studies, even though they have not proven it as a mild sedative effect, uh, several studies suggest the effect exists, but they are definitely saying a lot more research needs to be done. So if you are taking it for sleep reasons, just know... I mean, the studies are not really 100% done out there to fully say that this is going to make all the difference. Now, the studies performed that have been done did show that valerian root may help people sleep better. You know, again, may. That's not a hardcore yes. It might. The data just did not meet scientific expectations for standard measures of sleep or ranges of doses that explore valerian roots' effects fully. Now, researchers do not yet know exactly how valerian root functions help people sleep better, but they do believe it's a combination of a couple different factors. And one is that valerian increases the amount of GABA. In the brain. And GABA is a neurotransmitter that inhibits unwanted nervous system activity. And studies have shown that increased levels of GABA in the brain do lead to falling asleep faster and experiencing better sleep. So, that is possible that that's what is happening. they also say that people took valerian root in the UK during the World War II to release stress caused by air raids, which is so interesting. And before that, medical practitioners used it to treat anxiety symptoms in the 1500s. Early research shows that valerian root may indeed have an anxiolytic effect, which basically means anti-anxiety property, but again, They are saying that a lot more research needs to be done. So in terms of it for sure helping you with sleep and anti-anxiety, you could try it. You could see how it helps you always. Again, you might want to talk to a doctor first, and especially if you're already taking an anti-anxiety med, you might want to make sure that there would be no contraindication with that. Now, one study showed that taking valerian root helped reduce the severity and the frequency of hot flashes in people going through menopause. And hot flashes cause sweating, rapid heartbeat, sudden warmth that obviously women find very uncomfortable. And this is due to hormonal changes as we go through menopause. Up to 80% of people experiencing menopause will have hot flashes, as will 90% to 100% who have had their ovaries removed, which is also very interesting. Um, And that can often disrupt sleep because these these, uh, hot flashes generally happen at night. And so that can definitely be tough. Hormonal therapies are available to people who wish to reduce these hot flashes. However, these therapies may not be suitable for people with an increased risk of developing heart disease and blood clots, stroke, and breast cancer. And those seeking alternative therapies might find valerian root as a helpful option. I, again, would always try something like valerian root before I would try a hormone or a medication because what if it works? And and it's going to be a lot more subtle than having to take hormonal therapies uh, potentially for the rest of your life. But again, it's something that you would want to ask your doctor if that would be an option for you. Now, they also say that if you're experiencing symptoms of PMS, premenstrual syndrome, which is common in 90% of women who menstruate. Uh, some people have PMS severely, and it can really affect their normal life. And so one study showed that taking valerian root may, I say it like that because may reduce the severity of the PMS and the emotional symptoms, might happen. But again, more studies need to be done. What you need to remember is what, when these things are marketed And when these things are sold in a market, they're going to say that valerian root helps sleep and valerian root helps anxiety and it helps PMS, because that's the marketing value of what they're doing. But always go back to the research at hand. Everything that I have read so far does not have very much research to prove that that is what valerian root is doing. So it's just something that you want to always make sure you understand before you start drinking a tea for a specific reason like that now are there any side effects is there anything that you need to watch out for in terms of valerian root well some minor side effects could be dizziness headaches um pruritus which is an uncomfortable itchy feeling you could get an upset stomach you could feel really tired in the morning And then some extreme side effects would be skin rash, hives, swelling of the tongue. These are things more like you probably having an allergic reaction to it, right? You could have mood swings, confusion, fast heartbeat, yellow skin or eyes, forgetfulness, or dark urine. Those things would be sort of an extreme side effect. So I would generally say if you try valerian and then you have those symptoms, it is interacting in a not a good way and you definitely would want to see a doctor and stop taking that valerian root right away. So that's pretty much everything about valerian. I've never taken it. Um, I don't have those issues right now, so it's not something that I would take. Um, Definitely tried almost all of those herbal teas. I love herbal tea. I'm definitely an herbal tea girl. Um, I don't do a ton of black tea or green tea mostly because you know the caffeine value um, would keep me up i have my one cup of coffee every morning and that's uh, enough caffeine for me Um, doing a whole episode could be done on green tea for sure there's a lot of benefits of green tea but today we're just talking about tea in general and the herbal tea and valerian root as well and i hope i gave you just a little bit of insight i think there's a lot of Fun things about teas out there. Um, I always tell my clients, you know, grab a hot tea that sounds just soothing to you, that that kind of calms you down. Maybe it's a chamomile, maybe it's the rose hip, whatever you enjoy, always have a hot tea in the cabinet for those stressful afternoons or a stressful day when you maybe you want to grab a candy bar to soothe yourself always have a tea that you just use for those stressful times I always try to get my clients to have a tea handy and ready that you sort of save for those times and that way you have a go-to to handle stress that's not alcohol that's not candy that's not comfort food but have a plan to use an herbal tea at those times it's really nice to have that and there's some really great brands out there I happen to love the yogi teas they have so many wonderful flavors um, again there's sort of soothing and sometimes just sitting with a hot cup of tea is soothing in itself. It's sort of like the process. You know, some people say, well, I... I like to drink wine. I love to hold the glass. I love the aspect of it. Well, that's what tea can be too. It's like holding your soothing glass, having it on a cold day, having it during a stressful time, like finding something like that to soothe you is one of the best things that you can do. And hot tea is a great one. So many wonderful herbal teas. I highly recommend you check some out if you're not a tea drinker. It's it's sort of a nice thing also at the end of the day. So that's everything on tea for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, always give it a share. And I would love it if you would give a rating or review for the podcast. I don't have any um, sponsors. I cannot stand those podcasts. We're 20 minutes in. The podcast starts after 20 minutes of advertisements. I'm not going to do that to you guys. But the way that you can thank me is by giving a review on iTunes. You can do that on the website, or you can literally do it on the podcast app as well it's always so appreciated and it just helps promote the earn that body podcast so that i can reach more people so that i can pay health forward that's everything for today the earn that body podcast is always here to bring you health fitness and nutrition information you can put into play